Welcome to the original and the best Power Hour with Alex Burr and Dylan Hughes, members and podcast of the Running Hook Podcast Network. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Running Hooks Basketball Power Hour. I'm Alex Burr, joined for the first time since February 5th by my co-host and great friend, J.D. Hall. A lot of stuff has happened. <laughs> the reason why we haven't recorded since then. But J.D., I can't start without a curveball. So in the tradition, throwing a curveball when you expected a fastball. What do you want the Bears to do with the number one overall pick? You know, I've been thinking very heavily about this, right? And we we honestly in need of a lot. <laughs> Not a terrible team, just can't win. Um, truth be told, I think with how things go, typically, I think we always build a solid defense. We always somehow we get the right free agents. We get the you know we we build through the draft. But we usually can come up with a solid defense. It's always we can't score. So for me, go get a receiver. Like, I'm not saying with the first pick, but we need receivers and we need them bad. Like, at some point, just get us a top receiver. However, we got to do it. There's that guy, um, he played at USC. He won like the award for top receiver. I think it's the Bolitnikov. Don't don't quote me on that. Um I know who you're talking about. Yeah, that guy ran a four or five. You guys better hope he falls to your pick in the second round. <laughs> because I first of all, I'm hoping he falls to us in the second round and we take him. I'm guessing probably not. Um, because that guy would be lethal. On the Bears. The Bears just need somebody, anybody yeah. to go with to go with Fields because Fields is running for his life out there with no one to throw to. Now, I, I do think the Bears need to draft offensive linemen too. Oh, um, yeah, we definitely got to get a line, but I, I, I won't. I feel like a line is definitely, but we can build a line, you know. Also, but, one person isn't going to solve that problem. Yeah, but we we for years haven't had when we had Allen Robinson, we didn't do him right. Um, what's the next big receiver we had? I mean, we didn't do Alshon right. Uh, Brandon Marshall. Of, yeah, last one like a big name was Brandon Marshall. That was actually good before a Rob. I think that was a big gap in my opinion. We have to do better. And now that we got a quarterback, let's actually give him somebody to throw it to. Like, Mitch Trubisky wasn't a quarterback. Like, I'm sorry, but we could have did better. Brandon Marshall didn't have good quarterbacks. So, now that we actually got a good quarterback, let's honestly make him want to stay there. Give him somebody to throw the ball to. Yeah, I I 1000% agree. But JD, um, speaking of people that need to do better, um, we're going to transition to the back to basketball now. 
John Morant has had, I think, listen, I didn't really want to bring this up. You know, I was trying not to, you know, you know, generally if I can avoid it, I don't like to bring up the non-basketball stuff stories. Yeah. Um, This one though was just kind of getting to, this was like one of those avalanches though, that was like becoming a giant snowball. And eventually the snowball was just running over a ton of people and you couldn't ignore it anymore. So he has a bunch of lawsuits out against him right now. You know, whether those become anything, that's whatever. What John's getting pressed for right now is that he is currently suspended for two games. I believe the Grizzlies suspended him, not the NBA. Mm -hmm. He was on Instagram live after they lost the nuggets on Saturday night. Mm -hmm. Um, He was at a strip club and JD, from my understanding, both of these lawsuits that he's, involved in claim that Ja was had a gun and was like using the gun like or mm-hmm. you know basically everything that's going around with Ja and Ja was waving the gun basically waving is the only adjective I could use waving the gun on Instagram live Look, you want to know what's funny I actually was viewing the live as it happened I so was- what were your thoughts I was honestly like, what the hell? Because I'm like, Ja, yeah, it's late. But if we know one thing, people screen record lives. And that is something that's going on. You see it all the time with rappers. You see it all the time with any celebrity when they go live. They're being screen recorded. Ja, what were you thinking? That's first. Second, we gotta we gotta like in, in a situation like this. Let's let's be honest. I I honestly feel he was trying to troll the situation that he had going on, and he failed. I think he was trying to troll it because, for one, as you said, strip club. Okay. Well, we don't know for sure. I'm not saying it was a fake, but was it a real gun? That was not the way to go about it. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? But the way he did it and like people took a screenshot because honestly, when he showed the gun, it was a quick brandish. Like he didn't have it in the um live very long at all. But the problem is it shouldn't have been on there. Whether it was real or fake. It was hard for me to decipher because of how quick he did it. I was looking like, okay, do I see a clip? You know what I'm saying? Like, I was trying to see every little thing that I could to, and the way he was left, because obviously Ja was drunk. Watching the live, you could tell Ja was drunk. He was on there. He was feeling good. He said some stuff that had me cracking up. He was having a good time. But the way you go about having a good time plays a big part into what you are viewed as. Jaws no longer viewed as a kid. Like, let's be honest. He's one of the top stars in the league. One of the most exciting players in the league. The draw to John Morant is so much more than just him being a basketball player. He's literally a star. 
the 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 charisma the charisma that he has. He's very charismatic. The attitude that he has. We compare him his game style and the way that he embraces everything to the great Allen Iverson, right? Ja, in this situation, reach out to Allen Iverson. Somebody who was constantly scrutinized by the media, watched every move, everything was made bigger than what it is. You might feel, Ja may even feel like he's being picked on, right? Because it seems like right now he's a target for every situation. Reach out to somebody who knows that feeling. Ask for guidance. And I, I, I mean sincerely ask for guidance because the way you're going about it, he said stress and stuff like that. Okay, that could be true, but Ja, you're not going to be viewed as the kid that you are because truthfully, you're still a kid. But they're not going to look at you like that. They're looking at you as an entitled person who feeling like he's trying to prove that he's some like a lot of things that I've heard. Oh, John's a street guy or he's pretending to be a street guy. And let's be honest. They say John grew up in the suburbs, whatever the case may be. This is deeper than what he wants to be. This goes all into how he's being. Not what he wants to be, how he's being. We know John Moran is a NBA superstar. He's not being an NBA superstar right now, though. But will I say he's being a street guy? No. Because, correct me if I'm wrong, A.B., growing up, you played basketball. Has there been situations where you've been around where you got an argument with people that was also there? Yeah, of course. That wouldn't consider you a street guy, right? No, I people get in fights all the time about basketball, right or wrong. Right. That don't necessarily make them a street guy. I want to kill that narrative. It's people who has guns. That's not considered street guys. The reason that part with John Morant is being called upon is because they don't know how to just say what it is without putting a label on it. How we don't know John Morant just might be somebody who carries guns for protection. That don't make him a street guy. There's plenty of people in these situations, and I'm not making excuses for him. But I just want to kill the fact that we can't call him a street guy because he has a gun. How many other players in the league has guns? No kidding. That we, we don't ne- know about. Like, we didn't call Delonte West a street guy when he got in his situation with a gun, did we? And his situation could have been very much worse. He had multiple guns when he got in that accident. Can we say because he was off his medicine? Oh, but does that can that deter the fact that he could actually be a street guy? No, it doesn't. So let's take that part away. I hate that. That's what was being threw out there because that that's not necessarily true. Having a gun does not make a person street. If that's the case. How many police officers can we call street guys? They all have guns. Then you want to bring up the fact it's their job. Well, is it their job when they perform acts that's not of the law? 
We don't call them criminals. We don't call them street guys. What do we call them? So to not change the subject, I just wanted to provide, you know, different context to this to this stuff, especially coming from somebody who actually grew up in the hood. For sure. And I I have some other stuff to add to that, too. Um, I'll add it in a second. I want to ask it to you as a question, though, but I want to say Ja has so much more at stake than like somebody, you know, than like somebody who your typical person who's on the streets right now. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like absolutely. He's the face of a franchise. He has a Nike deal. Okay. Nike didn't cancel his contract. Yeah. Okay. I want to speak on that too. Keep going. Um Nike didn't cancel his contract. Um they only suspended him for two games. Mm-hmm. He listen, you need to understand, like, okay, Zebo is played in your city, right? Your city. I know it's not where he's from, but it's a city where it's your team, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think Zebo is that hard to find. Like, you could talk to Zebo. Zebo's gotten in plenty of trouble <laughs> in his past. You could look up Zebo. Okay, Zebo. Just look up Zebo Larry Hoover, okay? <laughs> I don't need to say anything else. Um, it'll take you down a rabbit hole. That being said, JD, it it's like you don't need to prove anything to anyone. And I think Ja, like, and this is just me playing pop psychologist here. I don't know Ja, obviously. But the image he's trying to portray to people is that he's trying to portray to something that he it doesn't seem like he is. Right. Mm-hmm. It seems like he's out of control. And I guess my question to you is we both know people from the streets. You I definitely more so than me, but we definitely both know people from there. I, I think we both agree. <laughs> no one likes that. No. No one we know who is from the streets is like, hey, you know what's great? Being here. Like this is um this is the ideal lifestyle. Let's let's keep doing this. And I don't know. It it feels weird that Ja is it strange for me to say that it feels weird that Ja feels like he has to prove this narrative to strangers on the internet? Um, no, you're not wrong. I think the the sad part is that's that's most of celebrities nowadays that they try to prove things on the internet to people that don't matter. And I'm, I'm so glad you brought up the um, Nike thing because that's something I've been thinking about very strongly. And I want to say Nike full of shit. The reason I'm saying this is because when they cancel Kyrie Irving contract, right? Can we say what Kyrie Irving did? Was as bad as brandishing a gun. Like, let's just let's be honest in this situation. Okay, we say Kyrie Irving disrespected in an entire culture, right? We can say that. That that's what was going around. Um, is it because he disrespected an entire culture or? specific people at Nike's culture. Because 
I'm going to be honest. If if we're going to play the disrespect of the culture, then what culture is John Morant um, displaying? Like I said, the street dudes, right? You think street dudes stand about what John Morant is doing? No. Someone's going to pull up on him. Like, I ain't saying... <laughs> I'm not saying pull up on it, but let's be let's be honest. I'm not saying I'm not saying I encourage that. I'm saying it's gonna happen if you keep like yeah, somebody somebody gonna test him. He's gonna he's gonna get tested. But like what I what I mean is with that being like with that the whole Nike thing, the disrespect and the culture and all of that. John Morant, can we say the the things he's portraying that if since people keep wanting to put the street title on there, can we just say that if anybody was disrespected by what he did? Cause I've been seeing a lot of people online saying this went fly if he grew up around here or this this and that. So it, it's very much so people who don't take a liking the way doing because street guys would love to be in this guy's uh, position, you know? So why would y'all even bring these type of people up when most of the people who bringing it up never been in the streets, never been in a situation to know what goes on, how street person think. So to even speak from that, that place pisses me off. And the fact Nike, y'all standing by him because y'all wasn't necessarily affected by it. But if it was really about a culture or anything like that, y'all would say, okay, no disrespect is being tolerated. Because can we say all street dudes is bad guys? What necessarily determine a street guy? A person that has a gun? A person that grew up in a dangerous neighborhood? Many police in different cities grew up in bad neighborhoods and grew up having guns. Does that mean the cop became a street guy? Just because he's still from that neighborhood and has a gun? I don't like the way that they are making this entire thing. And for Nike in particular, because y'all wasn't directly affected, y'all didn't take anything away from him. But that is kind of like saying, okay, we'll live with. No, he has to learn something too. Just because he came out and owned up to it and we can say Kyrie ever did. Kyrie ever apologized. That's all Jai did. Well, JD, uh, I, we have to agree. You have to agree with me though. It took him. I think the, the key difference here is that it took yeah, it, Kyrie it, it, a lot it, longer to apologize. Absolutely. Ab- absolutely. I'm not what well, I'm not trying to make a um say what Kyrie did was right. I'm not speaking from that place. I'm just saying have some consistency in what y'all doing with y'all athletes. Cause I, I, quite I quite frankly, so. I don't I don't agree with letting Ja Morant get a pass when what he did was truly did it's disrespectful. He's part of the NBA culture, he's part of Nike's culture. If you don't want your guys doing things like that, then speak from that. Don't make it as if 
which how y'all deal with other people is because of one thing. Say not, say you guys don't tolerate that too. Don't just say because what Kyrie did it, it, it hurt coaches. No, what Kyrie did didn't didn't stand for your brand. Stand on that. Don't say nothing else because then I feel like it becomes something personal. Why y'all did it with Ja? I don't care what you what what anybody has to say in this regard. What he did did not represent the NBA. It did not represent the Memphis Grizzlies. It did not represent anything of a brand and a culture that is that established. And a two game suspension from his team is one thing. He wear Nike on his feet. He wear Nike clothing. What is these? What is these endorsements that he got? How are y'all gonna respond to that? Because what? How? How many endorsements did Colin Kaepernick lose for kneeling? How many did Kyrie Irving lose for that post? These are all people who represented brands and endorsements. They did. Whatever we want to call it, they did something that didn't represent none of that. And they all had to face losing something and going through big things. And, you know, it's not many bigger John Moran fans than me. But he he has to deal with consequences to these actions. You don't get life doesn't always come with second chances. You got to learn these type of things. And he's been around long enough to know that. And that and that's a big part of my issue with him is Ja, yes, you young. But you know right from wrong. And then I saw something else I disagree with that the media the way the media took it. Marcellus Wiley said he needs a father versus a fan. I'm sorry, Marcellus Wiley. Who are you to speak on the way that his his relationship with his daddy? Just because just because we see his father support him at games and all this and that does not mean that he's not been a father to him. I, I don't I, I don't agree with that. I feel like that was disrespectful. The way that it's it. It was similar to the way they did LeVar Ball and then LeVar start randomly getting all oh, well. He got all his kids to the lead like he said. He he did what he said. Don't give them credit when y'all see things starting to go their way. We don't know his relationship with his father. That's absolutely disrespectful to even speak on that. I don't agree with it. We don't know. We don't know if his father went upside his head for doing that. But we gonna speak on it just because we see him at the games having a good time. What is he supposed to do? He's at an NBA game watching his son not only just play, but kind of dominate in a fashion. One of the top stars in the league. How we know what his father responded to him as in that situation. That I, I, I don't know if I'm saying too much or taking it the wrong way, but I just feel like it was disrespectful. 
And it's, I, I it's think, so many different th- ways that the media could have covered this. And I think we focusing on the wrong things a lot of time because instead of speaking about like instead of speaking about all oh, what his dad could have did or anything like that or just, oh, he apologized. No, John Morant should be saying different um things happen from all these places that he's making money from. You have to teach him, not give him a second chance just because he apologized. He has to learn. And when you learn, sometimes you got to lose. John Moran has been his name been in the media way too much recently for a bunch of nonsense. When what missing two games of the NBA, that's go teach him a big lesson. No. It has to be something worse. And I'm sorry that I'm sad. I have to say that, but honestly, that's what it is. Because in life, it's not always second chances. And you giving him a second chance as if he's his name has not been in the media every day for some nonsense. For constant nonsense. And another thing is the people around him, not just saying his father, I'm not speaking on a situation I don't know about, but the people who was at the club with him. And like, like I said, I watched that live as it was going on. I saw people with him. I saw what they had. I saw what they was doing. Because quite frankly, if we're going to be honest, John Morant didn't just pull the gun out on his own. He got that from somebody else because he gave the gun back to that person. But we're not going to speak on that because John Morant is the superstar, right? That's how the media covering it. So how about the people that he's around that was in that club? Why the hell y'all ain't smack his ass for taking that gun? Why y'all ain't smack the dude that gave him the gun? Talk about the people he's around that's allowing him to do this. He wasn't at the club with his daddy. But we're going to talk about the parenting. This is a grown-ass man. How can we take it there? It's a bunch of different things that goes into these situations. And I think the way that it's been covered is not being fair to not only different athletes who had to go through their own problems. And I hate because it's honestly, it's no consistency in how none of these uh, businesses are being ran. And I think that's a big problem for me because it's a, it should at least be a standard. It should be a standard. And I don't think it is. And that's why I'm speaking for certain situations because I, I'm kind of confused on the way a lot of places went about things, you know. But then for the media to go about it the way that they've been going about it, I start to question if... If what we doing in the media, are we criticizing what really happened or are we just attacking? 
And I think a lot of what I've been hearing has been more attacks. I love what uh, Steven Jackson and and Matt Bourne said. Matt Bourne came out and said, me and Jack did a lot of stupid shit. And we had to answer for a lot of that stupid shit. But there's certain things you just don't do. Certain things you got to learn from. Certain things you have to grow up from. We've never heard of either one of them in a situation like this. And Stephen Jackson came out and talked about different situations that he was in where guns was drawn when he played for the Pacers. Did he talk about the strip club one where he was... When his, when his mouth got busted. Mm-hmm. See? But did we hear about that in the media? Probably not, because if, if he was playing today and that happened, that'd be a whole different, like, thing. Yeah, absolutely. But, absolutely. but also... He, he, in particular, came up in a good time, I'll say, where a lot of his stuff he could do off the grid. Mm-hmm. Like, he could go and party... Now, John, you know, this is self-inflicted because it's IG Live. And but that, like, remember when and he, that's my point. He growing up in a time where he knows all of this stuff is going on. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? He knows how heavy social media is. So for him to do it, how is just a suspension? I don't think I, don't, I honestly don't think that cut it, because if that was the case, he should have just publicly went on there every time his name came up in some BS recently and said, I apologize for this going on. And we, we could just forget about it then because that's enough, right? Well, and John's been on social media going a little crazy, too. I know. I mean, so for like the last year, exactly. he's been activated his social media accounts. Um, exactly. You get what I'm saying, AB. Like, this is what he's been doing, I'll, and I'll we say, never heard an apology before. But because he got suspended, that mean that doesn't mean it's gonna stop. He's he's not apologizing at the fact that he did it. He's apologizing because he got caught. He went on there. I mean. Maybe five in the morning. I was up. I, I I was up. And when he did it, maybe he thought it wasn't nobody was gonna screen record. But you're John Morant. You had twenty one thousand followers on that live, at least. There is no way, drunk or not, there is no way. You make that decision. No way. Especially with all the things you got going on. You can't do stuff like that. And then a suspension of two days from the NBA. Okay. We don't like the, they say the NBA investigating, but we we haven't heard who gave the suspension. We just know that he was suspended two games from the NBA, right? What other consequences does he is he really going through? That's what well, he need to feel 
with all this stupid stuff that he has going on right now. Now, they say the situation with the um at the gym or whatever the case was, he talked to the police about that, right? That's what I heard. He thought his life was in danger in that one. Yeah. And that's and, and that's what I was about to say. Okay, so you you get let off with that. Ja. They just said your friend. Your friend who was at an NBA game with you. He not getting to no NBA games on his own. He was there with you. Pulled out a gun on the Pacers staff member, right? With a laser pointer. With a exactly. So now this goes into my question. What consequences did he face for that? Oh, maybe not bring nobody. Okay. All these things have been going on, and you consciously made because he was what are we gonna say he was blacked out drunk. I don't care how blacked out drunk. AB, you saw me drunk. I've never, I don't care what it was. I never chose to go on live and display anything I had going on. And you, you being a superstar, and you're a role model to a lot of people. You're not a bad person. But you, you give yourself this bad image by doing stupid things and it's like you not facing any real consequences. And do we need for it to be a situation where things are too late to escape? No, he can't get a tap on the wrist for this. And that's what I honestly feel is going on. If David Stern was alive, none of this would be happening. We wouldn't be having this conversation. <laughs> if no. David Stern was alive, he'd have been suspended for 10 games. At least. Um, He'd have been David Stern handed out unfair um, sometimes um, situations, but this would have been a situation where whatever that he gave, job brought on himself, honestly, and so that's, I, and that's my thing. I'm looking at the um, I know you know remember this the Knicks Nuggets brawl, yep, with Carmelo, J.R. Smith, Nate Robinson, yep. uh-huh. Jared Jeffries, um. Carmelo was suspended for 15 games. For one punch. Now, it was bad. Do you remember that fight a couple of years ago where I think it was the Lakers and the Rockets? Yep. Um, Brandon Ingram actually punched Rondo. Or Chris Paul, yeah, sorry. Rondo was on the Lakers. And Brandon Ingram was only suspended four games. Like, Mm -hmm. there's got to be some kind of middle ground here. And it comes back to my criticism of Silver. Did that, teach him, did that teach him to throw, not to throw another punch, A.B.? No. Brandon Ingram. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> We're, we'll talk about Brandon Ingram. He's we saw multiple, he's playing we, basketball. <laughs> we saw multiple fights that week. Remember? The Aaron mm-hmm. of Flalo. Like, was, that the week, was that the week where the Clippers or where the Rockets went into the Clippers tunnel? Or was that a different season? Uh, That was... No, that would have been the same season, I think, because that, that would have that, been a year. Yeah, I was about to say, that was the same season because Blake Griffin didn't get traded yet. No, wait, no, that wouldn't have been the same year because... Um, Blake Griffin Brandon got Ingr- traded later that season after that happened. 
But I thought Brandon Ingram and no, wait, no, that's right. Cause that was before LeBron got there. Rondo was on the team before LeBron got there. That's right. Um, no, LeBron gosh. was there when that happened. Okay. No. So then that was the season before, right? I'm going to look up Clippers Rockets locker room. That, that was, that was the same season that Blake Griffin was traded. Okay. No. So, so that was the season before. Um, but yeah, and wasn't that the fight where um, Chris or where Rondo spit on Chris Paul? Yeah. And didn't Rondo only get like two games or something? That was crazy. That was a crazy. Silver, it's no, it's no consistency. Silver is just he's a pushover. It, he is. He wants to make the players happy. He just wants to. I'm, I'm trying to find a nice way to say this because what I'm saying is very mean. Yeah, um, just say it. It's not a nice way to say it. So I think pushover probably just is the best way to say it because he just wants to have things the players way 100% of the time. And you work for the owners, bro. You do. You can't, like, you have to be hard on them sometimes. Yes, going full David Stern, especially towards the end, David Stern, like dress code David Stern, that's not a great idea. Uh, and, and I think he, David and Stern, he was picking with Allen Iverson. David Stern towards the end had worn out his welcome. I think we like we're looking at David Stern through rose colored glasses now as a society because of what we have with Adam Silver. That being said, he one thousand percent would be handling a lot of that. Like he would have handled the China thing better. He would have handled. I'll, I'll give Adam Silver this. The bubble went about as well as it could have. Um, but he would handle like the ratings collapse better than Adam Silver would. He just handle every, like he'd handle this situation a lot better because you can't have this. You have to maintain some semblance of order and discipline in your league. And yeah, I know you can't control everybody, right? There's 400, well, there's 510 players now, now that you have the two way contracts. So you can't control everybody, right? Mm -hmm. But your superstars, they're trying to make Ja the face of the league. Yeah. Think about it. They want like, it to be him, Luca, Tatum. Well, we know the little the branch of guy. Exactly. We know. And Ja's probably the most marketable young American player there is. Absolutely. And if he keeps doing shit like this, he's gonna and cost he's himself. the youngest. Exactly. If he keeps doing shit like this, he's just gonna cost himself a lot of money. And I think that's gonna be not just money, but possibly his career. <laughs> Let him put that gun out in an establishment that that not only don't allow guns, but have armed security. They must have had a private room or something, right? Like they had to have. I, I can't see any other. The, the way it looked like it, it looked like they did. But like I said, let them have armed security. He don't get through the door. Right. Exactly. Nothing. And remember. When you're out like that, nothing good happens after like 2 a.m. Or when you're, I know NBA players, they like love going out. But when you have like the stick like that, you know, you got to be careful. You got to be careful. His circle needs to get better around him. Um, I want to circle. That's another thing. That's one job, Moran. Mm hmm. But also, like, are we sure? Like, the circle isn't trying and Jaws just not a wild boy. 
Like, are, are we sure <laughs> that they're not like, yo, Ja, you're fucking your money up. You need to be better here. I don't I don't think so. Cause like I said, when I was I was on that live, he got that gun from somebody else. You know, it, it, I can it, see it. It's, it's not his. And if, if this really your boy and you know what all he got going on. Why even hand him that? Why even allow him? This is when you don't. And see, this is why you got to have real, real people around you, real friends, not people that just done some real stuff for you. Because at the end of the day, being real in the moment don't make you real. This guy should have looked at John Morant and snatched his ass up. John had his shirt off, snatched his ass up, said, let me holler at you. Don't you understand what the fuck you got going on? I'm sorry, AB. But don't you understand what you have going on right now? What makes this a smart decision? You bring you bring to him a, a type of a type of mentality that he should have for himself when you see him wilding. You don't you don't condone that. Like Ab, you know I I I was great great friends, well very good friends with somebody who's league bound, right? Had I saw him in a situation like that, you think I would have handed him my gun? Mm-mm. Absolutely we w- not. We would have ended up leaving. Because what are you doing? Or or as simple as this, this simple. Not let him go last. If you know he got a gun on him and he not and giving you the gun, don't let him go live with it. And if you know he's drunk, too, like that's the other thing. Yeah. And that's the thing. We know John drink. <laughs> we're not saying he has a problem drinking because we can't no. speak and say we know he got a problem drinking. But we know John Moran drink. And there's nothing we like. It's not like, you know, oh. I don't, you know, drinking is bad or whatever. Yeah. Do whatever you want. But but if it's it, obviously if it's if it's affecting your decision making like this, then as a team, we have to come together and say, what can we do to protect our star? Not not the Memphis Grizzlies, his team, his personal group around him. Because he's the only reason any of them relevant to the internet. We don't know nobody that he was around, but I guarantee you everywhere that they go, everywhere John Moran going, they go with him. I guarantee you their popularity going up. Because John ain't got time to be around all these, all those people and all those fans. And let's be honest, we know what goes on on the road. We know what goes on on the road. And with a superstar like Ja, All-Star Weekend, you think his boy's not living it up? Exactly. Like, come on, man. Exactly. So I think that's as good of a note as any to move on from. I think we tackled this pretty in-depth. 
Um, so let's go on to NBA awards, JD. You and I have been wanting to do this for a little while. Um, we're going to just do the main ones. We're not going to do the teams, even though the teams are my passion. <laughs> and it's good because I still don't think I have a 13th NBA forward for the second spot yet. Um, even though Julius Randle might be undeniable at this point. Um, should we save the best for last, JD? Should we save MVP for last or do you um, want to start? I, I say let's start then because... I think it might be the that and rookie of the year least controversial. Interesting. I don't think we'll have the same MVP. Who do you have as your MVP? If you don't have the same as me, I'd be completely flabbergasted. Who who do you have? The Rainer. I don't. Wow. Okay. So Jokic has been great this year. Don't get me wrong. First of all, if he hadn't won two in a row, I would definitely give him three. I been even him, better, though. He has been even better. But Embiid's been even better than he was the last year, two years, too. Everything I've complained about with Embiid, JD, he's been better at this year. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me get this straight. The guy that I chose the last two years is your choice this year. And your choice the last two years is my choice. I, I it appears to be the case. Let me let me lay it out for you. That's funny. Okay. I, I'm not mad at that pick though. It was I wanted to choose. Come on now, you know if anybody wanted to choose and beat, but I mean, let let me just lay it out for why I chose him because I know I understand. Like, I definitely seem like a consistent pro Jokic candidate, but absolutely. Embiid's defense is back to where it was. I'd say when Ben was on like consistent. On yeah. a consistent level. Um, it wasn't there in 20, the last two years, I'd say. I His defense has been insane this year. Like, you can't shoot in the paint at all on Embiid. Um, the scoring has gotten better. Just like, it's gotten better every single year. And now it's like, he's like Dirk. Embiid is basically Dirk at this point. <laughs> you can't stop him. He's Dirk, but stronger. And I'd say maybe a little less quick. So you put Dirk, you give Dirk like a strong interior presence on defense. That's actually like an insane player. And then plus he's not a bad passer. Nah, I'd still like to see him shoot less threes. Last night. I'd like to see him shoot less threes. JD, there are still some passes Embiid makes that make me want to rip my hair out. Um, I had this, I had this awards list before his performance against Boston even where he absolutely destroyed the Celtics. So I was like, after that game, I'm like, yep. He killed the Celtics. No one else on the team, like, stepped up in that game. And then last night, Harden finally gave them some help, and they beat the best team in the East by record. I think the Celtics probably went ahead of them. Yeah. After that game. Yeah. But going into that game, the Bucs were on a 16-game winning streak. And, I mean, the Sixers, like, barely pulled it out. But Why did they? That shot and beat. Yeah. Exactly. And he and came down and clamped Giannis. Exactly. Yeah. I, I still think Giannis should have made that shot, but that's neither here nor there. Um, The Bucks' crunch time execution was horrible. Hey, I don't, you, I don't, you are your coach. <laughs> yeah. I, listen, man, Drew was great that game. 
Drew is like the king of like he does ninety eight percent things you want, but the two percent like make you want to rip your hair out. Um, and that two percent last night was that pull up three with like however many on the clock. Yeah, like I I don't understand why he took that, but Embiid, why do you have Jokic? I'm curious. Um. As I said, he got better from the last two years, and I mean, he's a center, averaging a triple-double, top team in the West. And not only has he gotten better, but when you look at it, it's like this dude, a big part of it, he won the last two years, and I didn't think he was nearly as good those years as he is this year. Like, just being honest. And I was like, it's not even close when every other year it was, oh, well, this, this. You know, it's a bunch of reasons why they wouldn't give it to Embiid. And this season, I was like, you know, I was finding reasons to want to give it to Embiid. When Jokic started averaging that triple double, I say, man, look, I can just because he won these last two years, I can't take it from him this year. Like, I'm sorry, top team in the West. Um, you know, that was a big part of why I felt MB deserved it um before when they was number one seed in the East. And he didn't get it. But I can't it my my reason is for my MVPs not go change, unlike the NBA's. You know that Russ MVP really opened the door for if you have shitty teammates, you're gonna win the MVP. <laughs> yeah, especially if you got good numbers. And I don't know, man. Like that that triple double just sold me. I'm like, dude, he's a freaking center. Like he he's a center putting up these absurd numbers. And, like, they can't lose when you get a triple-double, and it's like, oh, my gosh, he's averaging a triple-double. When are they going to lose? <laughs> yeah. It's it's actually insane. He's shooting 63% from the field. Um, The big difference, I think, you would agree, you would always agree with this, J.D., between Embiid and Jokic, there's two key factors. It's always the defense. Absolutely. I'm always with Embiid on Embiid. that side. And it's always the free throw attempts. Now, Embiid does some hardened shenanigans, which is why it's funny they ended up on the same team. Um, but Jokic makes, again, 63% of his shots. And it's not like they're easy shots. He takes some uh, hideous. I hate some of the shots that he takes because I know they're going to fall. It's honestly insane just how, like, how insane his shot making is. If he took, I mean, last year he did take 18 shots a game and made 58% of them. Like, that's so hard to do. If he was taking 20, he'd probably average 35 points a game. I, I just don't know how, again, for me, I think their records are similar enough. It's not like, you know, I'm giving it to Jimmy Butler, you know, just to throw out a low seed, or I'm giving it to, I mean, the West is so clumped together this year, but I'm not giving it to Chris Paul. Not like I'd give it to him, but just to throw out an example. 
Um, it's it, the West has been weird this year. I don't think anyone can deny that. But I, I think Jokic is a fair candidate. I don't know how comfortable I feel with him being the first to win three in a row since Bird. Yeah. And I'm going to be honest with you, JD. You were talking about the media earlier. I think the media is going to go out, go out on an all-out campaign to stop him from winning three in a row. I don't think they're going to let him win three or three in a row. It's either going to be Embiid or Giannis. It, 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 uh, I, this is my thing. I feel like Embiid got screwed multiple times. And this year when Jokic truly deserves it, I'm not finna be part of that media that screws him because we got because they got it wrong. I'm sorry, I can't do it. I'm just gonna throw Giannis's numbers out there. Um 31 points a game, 12 rebounds, five assists, um almost a steal, almost a block. Mm-hmm. I mean, usual Giannis, like typical Giannis season at this point, like I don't I'm know. Mad. I'm mad that he's not averaging two and two, to be honest. Yeah. He Brooke is taking most of his defensive player of the year shine. Like if Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We'll talk about that another time, maybe. <laughs> right, exactly. Um rookie I don't think there's really year. anyone rookie of the year. I there's no one else to talk about other than I mean Matherin is the only one who's really close to Palo. You think so? No, like I'm saying really close to Palo. <laughs> No, listen, my rookie of the year is a guy that's not on the Orlando Magic. What? You're not going to Palo? No. No, I'm just I'm just playing. (laughs) It was too easy. I was gonna say Palo 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 is um I didn't think he was gonna come in and be who he is already. I've been impressed, but um run away. He can't buy a three to save his damn life right now. 27%. But he's going to make threes at some point. Yeah. He, he, you know who he kind of reminds me of? And it's going to sound like an insult, but I promise it's not. He kind of reminds me of Michael Beasley. In like a Michael good way. Michael Beasley was a bucket, man. He did not get the respect. Michael Beasley in today's league, when he was drafted, he averaged 25. I think he's going I think Paolo's gonna average twenty five pretty soon. That's what I'm saying. Like I say maybe two, three years of Michael Beasley career if he played in today's league. Twenty five. The dude was literally a bucket. Right. Yeah, it's gonna be he's gonna be crazy. Um let's go most improved next. This is a this is a tough one. I think we might have the same guy though. Did he, was he drafted by the Bulls for you? For what? For your most improved player. Nope. Okay. Who is your yeah, most improved you, player? You're going to be surprised. Okay. I'm curious. <laughs> look. When they gave it to Ja last year, I feel like it changed everything I thought about the situation. And to be honest, the guy I was about to give it to AB, you're gonna say no way. I'm not giving I know it who to you're giving it to. I'm I'm not giving it to him, but 
I really was about to give it to Anthony Edwards. Oh, that's but, not who I thought you were going to say. <laughs> but I feel like this guy deserved it last year. Kind of, sort of, but definitely this year. Desmond Bay. Uh, that's, that's who I knew you were saying once. Once you said last year, I was like... Yeah, that Desmond Bain easily. Um, once again, I feel like he one of the best shooters in the league, man. Um, twenty five point average before that injury. Like him and like him and Ja was giving me oh not the same way of scoring, but they was giving me old Stephen Clay vibes. Whereas like. One of them just kill the entire game while the other one get his average. But it's like, did you just see? Okay, it was the Taz. You know, well, Steph will go for 40, right? Clay finished with 23, but we talking about that Steph 40. Similar to Ja and Desmond Bain. But then when Clay come out 37 points in the quarter, we talk about what he did in that quarter more than what we talk about what Steph did in that game. Desmond Bain had some performances this year, not just in a quarter, but like one game he went for, I believe, 24 and a half. 24 and a half. He only finished with like 35. And you know why? Because the way that shooter had start, I, I believe it was the game he started four for five from the three. I forgot uh, particularly what game. But I was watching it in amazement. You know, he one of my other favorite players. I love him and Ja. I'm just upset with Ja right now. Uh, that second half, they were so glued to him that Ja Morant had the lanes, play after play after play. And it was like, man, what the, what he had, be, what then the moving off the dribble, the stuff that he added coming into this season just pushed him up a notch as to say, if he's scoring like this, and he's a very good defender, if he's able to do this consistently with Ja, screw Jaron Jackson Jr. being the number two. You make Jaron Jackson Jr. your number three? These kids can win within the next three years. I mean, they obviously need an upgrade of Dylan Brooks by getting somebody like OG Ananobi, but at the end of the day, with those three guys being your core, thanks to the improvement of Desmond Bain, sky's the limit. I I don't hate it. Most improved can go literally any direction, and he's not averaging as many points as he was at the beginning of the year. Yeah, but, he had, what, 21 now? Yeah, but I mean, the improvement is clearly shown, um, and it's... It, the way you're doing it, it's kind of like a makeup award. Um, no, because he's but, better this year than last year. I, I mean, but he deserved it. From, he deserved it last year. 
the real jump was from year one to year two for Bane. Yeah. Like, the jump from like scrub to you know not he wasn't a scrub year one, but then year two, he only averages seven more minutes a game and is getting up seven more shot attempts. Yeah. Like it's not like he was go he jumped up like fifteen more minutes a game. Yeah, yeah. Two. No, I get um, it. I get it. So in a sense, going from I'm not gonna say good to great, but good to very good. Very good. That's that's I'm not hating it. Most improved is very vague. I told you they screwed Josh, me when they did gave Ja that. Josh shouldn't have won last year. And no. everyone knows it. I thought you were gonna say Shea Gildas Alexander when you were talking about instead of Anthony Edwards. Um who would be a like if you were going off of that criteria? Anthony Edwards has gotten a lot better on both sides of the basketball this year. Um, for me, I went with Lowry Marketing. You know, I, <coughs> that was my guy early in the season, but I feel like we always had the. I see, maybe this was me l- lingering off to what I like. Okay, you remember last year how no, I didn't have um Bane last year actually. I had Maxi. I had Tyrese's a good Ma- choice too. I had Tyrese Maxi last year and I said because we had and I remember we didn't have any expectations for him to do what he did last year, right? Right. And and with Bane, he didn't do as much as Maxi to me last year. But when you step into this year, I feel like we still didn't have those expectations for Bain to come out and be who he was and do what he's doing this year. With Larry Markkinen, at one point, we always saw him becoming an all-star. Then we said, okay, Bulls wasn't the fit. Played good for Cleveland, but wasn't the right fit for Cleveland. And I think with Utah... We didn't know what to expect. We always saw the potential in him, but we didn't know what to expect. And I think just how I've always looked at most improved was the guy that you expect to do these things eventually versus the guy who came out of nowhere and did it. Marketing not surprising me. Because he's actually being put in a situation to be himself with the Bulls. I don't think he was able to do that Um, with Cleveland. Obviously not. With Utah, who could we put over him? Like, just being very honest and transparent. We couldn't look at nobody and put them over marketing. Kyle Cessna was coming back from injury. We know who Jordan Clarkson is. Um, who else could we have to put, you know? So we knew he had a good chance of showing who he really was. We never saw Desmond Bain becoming who he is. Just like last year I said, we didn't know Tyrese Massey was going to come out and do what he did. I think for most improved, that's how I, I personally take it. Expectations versus surprise. See, I, I guess with Lowry, though, you know I was never that high on him mm-hmm. when he was in Chicago. Um, I, I guess my thing with him is like, okay, last year he was 24. He was stuck in a pretty 
defi- he was in a box in Cleveland, basically. Yeah. And then he gets to Utah and they turn him into like this ultimate play finisher. <laughs> right. That's basically what he is. I mean, I'm not even going off the pun of his nickname, the finisher. I was just like, think about it. He's averaging two assists a game. He's not initiating offense. Mm-mm. He's basically catching it. And okay. He's basically creating actions off of other people's stuff, which is perfect for him. I think Will Hardy deserves a lot of credit for that. Um, but that being said, I'm not going to act like Lowry, you know, is <laughs> I'm not going to act like he's Brandon Ingram. I don't think he is. I think next year when they, the league adjusts to him, he'll be down to like 20. But I think yeah. he can I think he can still do it. I think the his numbers jumped up since the um, All-Star game, too. I think the confidence boost helps. I think Absolutely. for me, for me, JD, it's just like watching him. It's I didn't think he would ever be this good. And that's why I, I have to give it to him. Okay. You know, I'm not like a I wouldn't say I'm a Lowry marketing hater. I was just never a fan. Um Defensive Player of the Year. Who do you have as your defensive player of the year? Um, somebody who I'm disappointed in their offensive abilities. Um, Jared Jackson Jr. Not surprising. You could probably guess who I have as my defensive player of the year. Who, who you got? Guess. Um, give me a team. It's the Eastern Conference. Bam. Yep. <laughs> You know, I love Bam. Yeah, you know I do. I do too. I wanted to put Bam. Um, a big part of why I didn't honestly was Bam had to. He's been having to take too many steps offensively. Where sometimes I think I'm not saying Bam give up on plays. Absolutely not. But I think. He sometimes is more winded than what I'm used to and the extra effort that I used to see. He hasn't been able to give at all times and partially because all the injuries Miami been going through and they just Miami just not being a healthy team, I think, took effect on Bam campaign for defensive player of the year. Fantastic season. Nonetheless, great. He's still a great defender. It's just I think it hasn't been his sole focus as previous years where we was like, all right, Bell, just shoot a little more. He's been having to shoot a lot more this year. That's fair. I just, for me, when I watch the Heat, he's just a monster on oh, that yeah. side. And even like with the winded plays, he's still playing. So, okay, how many minutes a game is he playing? <laughs> He's playing a lot of minutes. Like, Jaren has the benefit of not having to play, like, however many minutes a game. So, right now, Bam is at 35 minutes a game. Jaren's at 27. So, with that combined with the offensive workload, like you said, it stands to reason that, you know, Bam would probably be a little tired. But I think that, for me... Jaren's what he's doing is really impressive. I think Bam also like this is a way overdue recognition award because he should have won probably in 2020. He should have probably won in 21. He probably you could have probably made a case last year for him. I mean, he was my guy last year. Remember? Yeah. 
So it's been. They it's gave been it to Marcus Smart, who right getting his ass cooked. Ever right. since he won that award, it was like people took that so personal. AKA Drew Holiday. Right. Yeah, Drew Holiday. <laughs> absolutely destroyed him on both ends, making him look silly. History's gonna look back on the fact that he wasn't the guard that won defensive player of the year like a travesty. Um but that's the reason why I have Bam as my defensive player of the year. Great pick. Hey, who, who's your coach of the year? I mean, I don't think this was hard at all. Mike Brown. I, I also had Mike Brown. <laughs> I, I it, think it was, it was, was pretty easy. Yeah, I think that was one of the easiest ones. Um, Mike Mike Brown, absolutely. I mean, how could you go against the guy who's taking the Kings to the playoffs? Do you know? Hey, do you know how old we were the last time the Kings were in the playoffs? Hey, B, do not make me feel old. We were eight the last time the Kings were in the playoffs. Jeez, dude, that's almost. I'm going to be 26 this year. Yeah, I know. Well, you were turning nine. We were turning nine that year, but you know, it hadn't. You hadn't hit that yet. So that's why you were eight the last time they were in the playoffs. Um, finally, six man of the year. This one, I'd say, has got about four good candidates. I'd I say said, between. I, I said three. Okay. But I'd say mine t- are tell Maxie, me your four. Maxie, Powell, Brogdon, and Matherin. Okay. See. You probably didn't have Matherin. I didn't have, true be told, I hate the fact they moved him to come off the bench. I didn't have Maxie. Much better starter. He's been a much better starter than the guy off the bench. I I would rather him be starting for sure, but I don't hate it, especially since he's the one who brought it up. Um, it was like, hey, you know, I'll come off the bench and like bring balance to this, you know, team. I, he's my selection for six man of the year. That's your pick. I think that's my pick. Who is your pick? Um my pick is I feel like you would have known this because I watch this team a lot. Yes. Norm Powell? Yeah. It's a good pick. I'm not hating it. I mean, he saved them in so many games. And, like, I feel like this. We knew Norm Powell could shoot, but Norm Powell can really shoot. Like, it's been some games where I'm like, Man, give him the ball. I don't care who got it. Give him the ball. He's been shooting that good, and it's like he's just getting hotter. Like, I don't know what it is. It's like he it seems like he's just been getting hotter and hotter as the games go on. And he saved them in so many games this year. And like He's one guy that he's walking to 20 points whenever it's a game versus a good team. Like, whenever they're going against an elite team, Norm Powell is walking to 20 points. And I think 
that's something that you need in your six man well you know first guy off the bench hey you might have to be you know what Lou Will was, what Jamal Crawford was. You might have to outshine the stars this game. Can you do it? And Norm Powell has showed up, and that's that's the reason why I gave it to Norm. I don't hate it. So, um, towards the end of the season, we'll revisit these. Um, we still got a few weeks left. Um, but we are we are hitting the stretch run, JD. It is about to be March Madness. I know not the same like, same level, but it's it's crazy. Um, so we do have two teams to talk about still. We could kind of speed through these a little bit. Do you want to start with the Hawks or the Pelicans? We should probably just get the Pelicans out of the way, right? Yeah, it's not much to say about them. Ashley got stuff to say about the Hawks. So okay, so the Pelicans right now are thirty-one and thirty-three, good for tenth in the Western Conference. Their last five games, they're one and four. Um, lost to the Raptors 110 to 115, lost to the Knicks 106 128, lost to the Magic 101 to 93 in a game they should not have lost, lost to the Trailblazers, um, or beat the Trailblazers 121 to 110, and then lost to the Warriors 108 to 99 on Friday. Um, this team is falling apart, JD. Since Zion went out there 8 19. Yeah. They, I, I was doing some research. Their bottom five since Zion went out in both like three point, like attempts and makes, mm-hmm. or three point percentage. Um, the only two guys that are like shooting well since Zion went out are Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum. Like Trey Murphy's falling off a cliff. Herb Jones has really fallen off a cliff this year. I don't know what happened. I didn't think he's um, shooting with with um. Translate anyway. Her, he until he changed his form, I don't think he'll be a better shooter. Right. Jonas Alanchunas has just not been the same, like hasn't been the same this year. Um that's because of Zion. I, I it they, could be because it's but like it, it's been weird with him. You think he'd be dominating with no Zion. They don't give him they changed his minutes. It, like, it's just weird. Look look at okay, um, uh, Okay, when they went against New York, I believe it was in New York. He did not play a lot. I don't know why his minutes have been like diminishing without Zion, but it's some games where Jonas is not getting a lot of minutes. I'm like, dude, y'all, y'all hardly play Jackson Hayes. And then you randomly just want to play him. It's like it's no it's no consistency there, and I, I think that's why Jonas' numbers not the same because this guy, somebody he he walks to a double double in his sleep, and he's still he's playing twenty five minutes a game. He's averaging fourteen and ten. Yeah, um, why just twenty five? You know, right? I I think this team just is in dire need of offense. <laughs> And let me tell you, JD, when I'm in dire need of shooting, too, do you know who I trade for? I trade for Josh Richardson. That's the guy who fixes my spacing needs. He is shooting a crisp 30% from three. 
in six games since being acquired at the trade deadline. And they, um, and they give him, and he has the ball in his hands a lot more than I'm accustomed to seeing him in other places. He was the ninth man in San Antonio. The ninth man. I don't, listen, I'm okay. Like I was, I think you and I did the San Antonio portion of that podcast together. If I remember correctly, I think I told you I'm okay with somebody getting Josh Richardson and having them be their ninth man. But the fact that he came out of that trade deadline starting for them. Yeah. That was actually insane. <laughs> I was, I was shot by that. That was like actually insane. Um, how do you like how Ingram's looking? Do you think he's looking okay? Or do you think like he's still Man. looking a little hurt? Nah, B.I. is a bucket. B.I. been torched. Whoever they put in front of him, B.I. been torching. Like, not not Kuminga. Yeah, I wasn't thinking of that game. Kuminga was, made his life hell. I was specifically thinking of what he did to the Lakers. Like, uh, that game really brought to me, like, man... They've been losing all game. And every time this dude touched the ball, it's like they, it felt like they was going to win the game just because he was on their team. And it's not a lot of guys you could say give you that feeling. Know what I'm saying? Like, we know it's a lot of guys that get a team a chance, but it was like in that game, I just felt that they was going to win just because he was there. Yeah. And he hasn't, I I would say this year, it's been a little more spotty than it was last year. Um, Last year, I felt like he was more consistent, but also I'd say this, like, like I said, the spacing is horrible for them. Mm-hmm. There was one play where Herb Jones cut, like did a back cut. And the second he back cut, I think Looney and Draymond were just like swarmed him because they were already in the paint. And it's just like, there's no space to do anything on this team. Get Brandon Ingram, some guys that can actually space the floor for him, you know, like get him. Why didn't they get Malik Beasley? Why didn't they get Buddy healed? Yeah. Like you and have what, to they got to stop getting hurt. <laughs> That too. Like that they, too. Are, they a team who got legit talent because they was pushing Phoenix. I really felt I wanted them to beat Phoenix so bad. I was like crying at the fact they did it. Well, the the fucked up thing, JD, is that watching them, their defense is good, right? Like they make good rotations. They have guys that can actually guard one-on-one, which you don't have a lot of in the NBA anymore. Right. Um, But this team just doesn't have space to operate. And I'll close on this because I know we didn't want to spend too long on the Pelicans. They have one easy week. It's okay. So they're playing on March 17th. They're playing the Rockets. March 19th, Rockets. March 21st, Spurs. March 23rd, Hornets. Okay, pretty for pretty easy four games, right? You want to hear how they're closing the season? After those four games, at the Clippers, at the Trailblazers, at the Warriors, 
at the Nuggets. Then they're going back home to face the Clippers again, face the Kings, face the Grizzlies, face the Knicks, and then at the Wolves. Okay, that is a tough stretch. That's probably... I. That's nine games. There's a chance if Zion's not back, there's a chance they go home with nine. <laughs> yeah, that's a very tough stretch. Yeah, so... At one point, the Pelicans were the one seed this year. Injuries yeah. suck. I, I I don't have anything else to add. Injuries, um, injuries yeah. are the worst. Injuries, injuries. I think that that took a big part of Bi away too, because <laughs> you could tell sometimes like he just as as good as he is, he he still get him a chance, but it's not like you just know that. Like they go pull out the games versus certain teams, like like I said, like the the way he it was versus the Lakers, he not giving you that feeling every night like you like he did versus Phoenix, mm-hmm. you know, like versus Phoenix, you just felt just because he was on that floor, they could have upset Phoenix. Exactly, but it's not could- the same this year. I couldn't think of a better way to put it. Um, now let's move on to the team. I know you're dying to talk about the Atlanta Hawks. Yes. Who have, who have finally hired Quinn Snyder, have played three games under Quinn Snyder. Um, They're 32 and 32, good for, I believe, eighth in the Eastern Conference. Um, Last five games after the All-Star break, beat the Cavaliers 136 to 119. Very good Nets, game. Beat the Nets 129-127 on a Trey Young game winner. Mm-hmm. Lost to the Wizards 119-116 in Quinn's first game. Beat the Brakes off the Trailblazers 129-111 and the Trailblazers. Dame. Poor Dame. Um, and then... Can they I lost say something real quick? <laughs> Let me let me get this Heat score off and then go ahead. 117-109 okay. to the Heat and Trey Young's probably worst game of his career. Go ahead. Shout out to Jonte Murray for that performance he put on versus Portland. Oh man. 44 points, 5 of 5 from the Trey Ball. AB, remember you said he couldn't shoot. This year he been letting that peel fly, B. He's been a good shooter this year. I wouldn't say he's been the problem in Atlanta this year. Oh, absolutely not. They um, got rid of they got rid of one of the problems. So let's talk about that because I think you and I both advocated for Nate needed to go the last time we talked about Atlanta. Yeah, absolutely. I think you and I were both like, "This is outdated. Um, this is just isn't working in t- today's NBA." And then Quinn Snyder gets here and John Collins immediately stops playing. It's it's funny how that works. Um, I don't... In all seriousness, I think that what Quinn's going to do for this team, and you tell me if you feel I'm wrong, it's going to open the floor up, right? I can't imagine a world where John Collins is an Atlanta Hawk next year. There's just absolutely no fucking way. They 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 continue to do him this way, and I, I hate it. But I, it doesn't make sense if you're going to play Capella. Either Capella or him. I don't. One of those two guys yeah. will be a Hawk next year. I and get rid I, of I, I get rid of Capella. I think I would too. 
But I think the way Snyder likes to play, if the Rudy Gobert teams were any indication, I think they'll play with Capella. Yeah. Has a lob threat. You know, I'm not saying Collins isn't one. Yeah, that's my thing. He's younger. Right. Get rid that's, of that's that. True. Oh, fuck Capella. <laughs> I like Capella, but. I don't even think Capella's 30 yet. Oh, well, he look old. <laughs> um, and he always hurt. Do you, what do you make of the Trey Young of this situation? Because a lot of people have been talking about Trey Young. Just what do you make of his um, whole end of this situation? Wasted an in, entirely good season. <laughs> like, gosh, man, Trey Young was so good this year. But it's been a waste of a season. Like, just putting him on that floor does so much for that team. Like, him, I, I love the pairing of him and DeJounte Murray. I really do. Never saw Trey Young play off the ball until now, and he's not bad. He's not bad off the ball. Like, made me wonder if they had a actually did that a little bit more, how much better we could have saw him get. Because I can say we saw a lot of improvement from him this year. But if they had or actually gave him another point guard before or just another guard that can handle the ball, how much better would he be? Like, to be that undersized and to have an impact on the game the way that he does is amazing. I just hate that um, this season has been so fantastic numbers-wise for him that it that it has to go to a waste because he don't deserve that. He really don't. He bust his ass this season, and same for DeJounte Murray. Like, they have been great, and I mean both of them. Just for it to not even like we don't think about Atlanta, you know, like that's sad when they got that kind of talent surrounding their guard. Like those two guys literally they make these they make that team a threat every night just because of how good those two are. And for them to literally blow this season by being trash as a team, it it sucks. Personally, I don't like Quinn Snyder. Um, I don't think he fits it. I think we saw multiple times during his tenure with Utah that – the way he played the game won't work. Yeah, the spacing and all of that is nice, but let's be honest. His defensive schemes is trash when it matters the most. They're trash. I don't want to hear nothing about anybody speaking about, oh, well, Rudy Gobert was winning defensive player of the year. They had top defensive numbers regular season. Those are very good regular season stats. Tell me about the playoffs. 
oh, we don't got much to say because they was getting exposed for running the same weak ass. And I mean this when I said weak ass drop coverage. Tab after tab in the league that shoots threes. Capella is not going to succeed playing in that drop coverage versus teams that shoot threes. We saw that in Houston. Who was he going versus Golden State? Eagle a dollar. When Eagle a dollar uh, started handling the ball, which Golden State started doing a lot because Capella was guarding him, guess what he did? Switch to Draymond. Draymond, who also handles the ball a lot. Now what they do? Get him switched on to Steph Curry. Bad matchup. Now think about out east. A lot of those nice guards then left the east, right? But now let's think logically. And think very in, like, let's be very in tune to this. The East don't play a lot of, they don't got a lot of small guards outside of Trey Young, right? Because everybody went to the West. Darius Garland and Mitchell, but other than that, yeah, no. Yeah, but everybody else in the West. But AB, you know what? It's more dangerous. Than a small guard pulling your big out. What's that? Guys that sit sissing up. You know why? Because they can draw the fouls. They can actually be the ones who can actually see the court still. Like James Harden kills Capella. Them boys in Boston kills Capella. Chris Middleton kills Capella. Not a good, not a good matchup for he's playing drop. And everybody I just named, A B. James Harden get to the free throw line, shoots the three and mid-range. Middleton knocks down the mid-range better than most. The boys in Boston shoot a lot of mid-range jump shots. And let's not forget, they attack and really attack. Those are not good matchups for the drop coverage that Quinn Snyder, for some reason, think it's the best thing to do in the league that shoots threes. They shoot too many threes to run that drop coverage. Like, if it, like, let me, I, I, I have to see this. I, I'm about to, I just have to see this. Cause I know Dame attempted a lot of threes versus um Atlanta. But I got to see how many he made. Dame had 41 today. Oh, uh, good for him. Okay, He's- versus Atlanta. He had 93, I mean, 33 points. He made five threes. A.B., you have an elite defensive guard in DeJounte Murray over there. Very long. He got a 7-1 wingspan, I believe. If you don't trap Damon, 
that's the one thing we saw Damian Lillard struggle with his entire career. When you come with a hard trap, with a good defensive guard and a lone big man, you playing drop versus Damian Lillard, who's averaging 32 a night. In his last five games, he had one game that he didn't score 30 points. He had 25. Every other game, he had 33 and up, A.B. 33 and up. And then, guess what also happens when you play drop? Teams can actually move the ball a lot more. Dame had eight assists. During that five-game stretch, where he, I just talked about his numbers, you know he had that's the highest assist numbers he had. Eight of them. Incredible. That doesn't work, A.B. That it doesn't work. You know what James Harden going to do if he see them in the playoffs? It's going to be going to be sweet dreams. Like it, it just doesn't work. I'm not saying Quinn Snyder don't deserve a job in the league, but not a head coaching job until he until he stopped that. Cause that shit ain't gonna work. So I'll I'll counter with this. Drop doesn't work unless you have a bunch of good defenders. Which the Hawks like Trey obviously couldn't guard a piece of tissue paper. But everyone else, once you get rid of the Collins equation and book I don't think Bogdanovich is gonna be there past next year either. I don't know. So you get you get rid of those guys, okay. Sadiq Bay, solid defender. Jalen Johnson, been a pretty good defender. A.J. Griffin, been a remarkably good defender for his age. Mm-hmm. Um, you have DeAndre Hunter. I don't need to say anything else. You have Onyeka Nkangu, who I think is going to probably be their starting center next year if, if they get rid of Capella, probably. Um, you have just really solid wings. <laughs> wings on wings on wings. And I think... That's the way you make it work if you're going to do it. Now, if you have a Kongu out there, you don't trap or you don't drop. You know, he's too good. He can move. He, 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 he can, can move. move. Right. So I'm guessing, I'm guessing this year, like you said, unfortunately, it's a wasted year. Um, But I think this year, what you do is you build in the fundamentals of what you want to try to do next year. And you try to be like, hey, you know, we have something here. But also, JD, like you were bringing up the rest of the East. I don't know if they can. <sighs> I think they're more in like the Knicks heat level than they are. Like, I think the Cavs, if they add a small forward, I think they instantly leave their tier and are on the next tier. Right? Yeah. I think, I think the, right, Cav- the Cavs going to kill them. Right. I think the Cavs. Cavs, Celtics, Bucks, Sixers right now are on a tier of their own with the Celt- with the Cavs being below those other three teams, right? In the East. Yeah. And then you kind of have like this weird group. I'd say it has Miami, New York, Toronto. Toronto's kind of played their way back into it. Atlanta. <laughs> Let me pull up the standings because I don't... I think Chicago and Washington are kind of in there, but I wouldn't really throw them in there. Brooklyn, uh, I wouldn't they, really... They hurt. <laughs> Brooklyn... I guess I'll throw Brooklyn in there because Brooklyn kind of won enough in the first part of the season, but Brooklyn, uh, I'll take it later over Brooklyn. I think they, 
Brooklyn doesn't have enough offense. So but I guess Brooklyn, it would be with Washington and Chicago for me. So I, I don't know. It's like, I think Atlanta has to do a lot of work to get out of that second tier in the East. And I don't know what they can do. If you combined Atlanta and Miami, <laughs> you'd have a super team. I mean, you could say that for a lot of teams, but those two teams in particular, like would mix really well. Yeah. Um, that, the judge type Murray fit uh, Miami system and then like allowing Trey Young to play with nothing but defenders like Miami's. Right. And then, you know, right. who benefit greatly from that. And then you replace Gabe Vincent with like with DeAndre Hunter, who benefits greatly from that? <laughs> I was going to say Tyler Hero actually get into just score the ball. That'd be a fun experiment to do. We combine teams and like we combine two teams make our ideal 10-man rotations. Yeah, because um, I never would have thought of that until you said that. Like, because I said brought that up on the last episode I did with Zach and Bryce. I was like, if you combine Indiana and Orlando, that's like because Indiana has all the guards and Orlando has all the forwards. I'm not saying they'd be any good, <laughs> but then you'd have like an actual basketball team. This team would actually be good. Um, I don't know Atlanta. So they're 32 and 32. I'm gonna pull up the um the end of the year schedule. We're gonna see if they have any doozies like left to close the year because it's probably going to be tough sledding for everyone because everyone's trying to win. So they have two more games against the Wizards. They should probably win those. They have a game against the Spurs, game against the Pistons. Um, they should win all of those. They, they should at least. Um, They're playing. It's okay. They're playing another game against Miami at Washington, at Washington again. Then they're going to, they're playing against Boston at home against Minnesota. Then they're playing against Golden State again, or they're playing against Golden State, playing at San Antonio, playing against Detroit. Those are back to back. Playing against at Minnesota, playing against the Pacers, Memphis, Cleveland, Brooklyn, Dallas, Chicago, Washington again, Philadelphia, and then closing the season with Boston. I think nine and nine is probably going to be how they close the season. I think they're, they win a game or two they shouldn't win, they lose a game or two they shouldn't lose. And we're like, why is this team 41 and 41 again? <laughs> but I, I don't know. I think this team has a lot to work with, JD. And they could make some noise in like 2024. Which yeah, I think I a year or two. Yeah, I think DeJounte, because I, I do think DeJounte, he did kill the Blazers. <laughs> He was absolutely torching them. I watched the first three quarters of that game, and then once the fourth quarter came, I'm like, the Blazers aren't coming back. What am I doing here? And I turned it off. I was like, and sure enough, I was right. I was like, there's no point. Um, Do you have anything else you want to add about the Hawks before we close out for the day? Um, DeAndre Hanna, shoot the ball more. You don't think 12 field goal attempts on a team where your top two guys are shooting 38 times a game isn't enough? Nope. Fair enough. Unless Um, unless he's sharing them with Sadiq Bey. Sadiq Bey has come in and he is gunning. He is shooting eight times a game in 26 minutes. 
I mean, that's because Bogdanovich ain't been nothing this year. Bogdanovich is also gunning. He is shooting 12 times a game. <laughs> yeah, he ain't good this year. No, he has not been. Um, that's what I'm saying. You happy, Caleb? Oh, you know he is. I know. I have to check out Bogdanovich was born really quick. Um, <laughs> make sure you um, check out the other episode of the Power Hour. Um, make sure you check out Facts and Stats. What do we got coming out on Facts and Stats, JD? Man, I um, what's crazy is I, I say I probably put together maybe four topics about just things that I've been pondering on for a, a while. Like, I wanted to really sit down and hone in on what what I felt the people needed the most there. I talked to a couple people about um, different topics that they wanted to hear, but for the most part, they these was some that really hit home for me. So, you know, it's a lot of passion coming between those. Make sure you listen to that or you won't be a friend of mine. Um, <laughs> make sure you check out Circle City Cinema. Um, the Mandalorian is back. So Zach Griffith and Frank Shaddy will be back recording weekly episodes of that. I believe their first episode should be coming out on Tuesday after this comes out. Um, March Madness is coming, which means that coward (laughs) 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 Um, and Bryce Shaddy, they're going to be recording great episodes of Linsanity talking about all the March Madness. And then by the time March Madness wraps up, it'll be time for the NBA playoffs. Gosh, this is probably the best time of the basketball calendar. JD, just so much awesome (laughs) basketball going on. Yeah. Um, I know. Who's your favorite to win the March Madness this year? Oh, put me on the spot. I know. Uh, you can just uh, pick a team. I know you're probably not following it like super close. Not how I used to, but man. It, you know, it's, I've been looking a little bit, but every time I freaking think I'm, I'm getting back to what I, where I was with it. The teams that I like lose. And so I was like, you know what, I'm 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 done. But if I gotta go with anybody, um just because I'm a fan. Give me them Kentucky boys. Of course. Wouldn't expect anything less from you. I don't have a pick yet. I will I'll come back with one. No, talk. no, you just put me on the spot. You got to say All something. Right. I'm going to go with Baylor. Ooh. Um, Again, completely uninformed. But I saw them win once. I will, <laughs> I will say. I'll see them win a second time. Um, JD, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, of course, my brother. And I want to thank you all so much for listening.